Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. I want to go ahead and, and pray for us. Uh, before we get started, um, are there any prayer requests? prayer requests. capable we are in ourselves of dealing with any of our lives' issues. Father, we we are reminded on a day-to-day basis that to try to do this ourselves doesn't work and it creates conflict and it creates difficulty. But Lord, you promised that you love us and that you walk through everything that happens to us, with us, side by side. Father, I pray for Anna Jones. Father, I pray that you'll continue to heal her, uh, heal her body. And pray for continued encouragement there um, as they work through this time. Father, I pray for David's mom. Uh, Cancer treatments are taking a toll, and it's very hard on the body and hard on the mind, hard on the family. Uh, Father, we pray that um, you will just provide comfort and strength for her in these moments. Father, we pray for... Kristen's uncle, we pray first and foremost for uh, salvation for him, that this process and all of this in the hospital draws him to you, that he sees his need for you. Um, Father, if it be your will, we pray for healing as well. Father, we pray for the Henley family, Lord. Um, Hurt, sorrow, pain, um, and love, Lord. Please just love on them, care for them. Give them courage and trust in you in this time. Be with us as we study anxiety today. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, anxiety is kind of a, a, a loaded topic, especially in our, our society today. Um, so the, if, you've read, if you read through the book, I'm following this pretty closely as we go through today. I'm not going to reference it directly, um, but I'm following this really closely because all too often we read Philippians 4.6, be anxious for nothing, and when anxiety comes, we're like, oh, either God's not faithful or... I'm just not doing it right. I'm not a good enough Christian. And we leave it at that. 
And we, li- we live inside of that struggle. So I want to back up to where he starts in the booklet. And I want to talk from the beginning of this. So this is my question to you. And it's a question that he asked at the beginning. Do you want to live your entire life without anxiety? Okay. If you were to live life without any, without any anxiety at all, he 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 uses two words uh, in the description. He says, "If you live life without any anxiety at all, um, you're indifferent to everything that's going on in your life. You're detached. You don't care if there's no anxiety whatsoever in your life. Because what is anxiety?" It's a reaction to something that's not right. Ultimately, anxiety is a reaction to something that's not right. That's what he talks about in, in the book. Um, he references 2 Corinthians 11, and this is Paul speaking. It's talking about what, happens to, what has happened to him in his missionary journeys. Far more labors, far more imprisonments, in beatings without number, in frequent danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and day I spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the desolate places, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brothers. I have been in labor and hardship in many sleepless nights, in starvation and thirst, often hungry and cold and without enough clothing. Um, Does that sound like a time to be anxious? But he finishes with this. Apart from such external things, there's a daily pressure on me for the concern for all the churches. So there's the physical aspect of life that can cause anxiety. But there's, there's also the spiritual aspect of life that should cause you anxiety. The salvation of your uncle the health of your mother the physical side the choices of a family member doing the wrong thing all of these things bring anxiety and ultimately is there anything wrong with that anxiety and we have to answer no anxiety is a God given warning system so to say that we have to deal, get rid of all of our anxiety and not have any anxiety is not being reasonable, not being rational, and it's not using the warning system that God has given us. That's our starting point. So the thing with a warning system is this. Um, he uses in the book, he uses you're driving your car and the, and the engine light comes on. Okay, apart from uh, the engineers in the room. Um, there are those of us who are not engineers who when that light comes on I'm going something's wrong and I don't have a clue even where to start looking let alone how to fix it but I know something's wrong that's what your anxiety is that's the warning light that something is wrong now you need to figure out what it is you're hardwired by God to be aware of these things so his, his suggestion in this is Don't numb the anxiety. 
with behaviors, with things you take, medicines, other things. Don't numb the anxiety. Figure out the cause and deal with it. So good reasons for anxiety. Death. Good reason for anxiety, right? Um, your death, the death of a family member, the death of, the, the death of a three-year-old child, Good reasons for anxiety. Um, relationships come to an end, either through death or through sin. Somebody else's sin causes a relationship to, to disintegrate. There's, there's good anxiety in that. Um, money, there can be good or bad anxiety when it comes to money, right? Um, John 16.33 says, In this world, Jesus says, You will have tribulation." but take courage. I've overcome the world. He's not saying you're going to be out of tribulation. You're not going to be out of trouble. You're not going to be out of difficulty. The things that cause anxiety, he's not going to take those away from you, but he is over those things. He is over those things. So anxiety alerts us to trouble, but anxiety is also part of the problem because it can get your life off the rails. If you focus on the anxiety. So what does anxiety do? It anxiety shows what's going on in your heart. So are you honestly dealing with the difficulty, the real trouble, or are you overreacting to something? Um, or are you upset about something that you really have no business being upset about? So things you have to think through as you go through this. So I want you to turn to Psalm 94. The first thing he suggests in the book is to respond with faith towards your troubles. So this is going to be a very practical lesson on what do we do with our anxiety. How do we deal with our anxiety? So Psalm 94 Verse 19. And, and he used this verse a couple of times in the booklet. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, or um, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me. So, when my anxious thoughts multiply. Um, if you've dealt with anxiety at any point, um, you know how this works, right? You're thinking about one thing and it's consuming your mind and then it forces you to think about this Then now I'm worrying about this and then you're thinking about this and then your heart starts to race and you can't slow your mind down and you can't focus. Isn't that what the psalmist is talking about? When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, read the next part of the verse. Your consolations delight my soul. He's not saying that, that the anxieties aren't there. He's not saying that the conscious running thoughts are not there. But he knows where to turn and look in the midst of those racing thoughts. Your consolations delight my soul. Now, I want you, I'm going to move pretty quickly through 94 because 94 is full of what God is doing for those of us that have multiple 
anxieties. Verse 11, Yahweh knows the thoughts of man. He knows your thoughts. He knows what's going on in your mind. And if your anxiety is sinful anxiety because you're focusing on something you shouldn't be or you're overreacting to something you should, you should be concerned about, what's he say? Your thoughts, those thoughts are vanity. Verse 13, that you, talking of God, may grant him, the person that he's talking to, calm from the days of calamity. It doesn't say he's taking the calamity away. He says he's giving calm in the calamity. Verse 14, for Yahweh will not abandon his people. Do you hear the promise there? Verse 17, if Yahweh had not been my help, my soul would soon have dwelt in the abode of silence, or in some versions it might say the abode of death. Your loving kindness, O Yahweh, will hold me up. Verse 18. Your loving kindness will hold me up. You notice that's the sentence that comes right before my anxieties are multiplied. Verse 22. But Yahweh has been my stronghold. And my God, the, rock, the God of my rock and refuge. So you have to respond to the anxieties in your life with faith. You have to trust that the Creator God, who's over, over everything, in charge of everything, and is allowing you to walk through this, has you on His heart in these moments. So, how does this practically look in your life? Well, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Now, when we get to Philippians chapter 4, everybody loves Philippians 4 6, right? This is the anxious verse that everybody focuses on. Be anxious for nothing. Which is a great verse, right? But we always skip over verse 5. So, number one, what do you need to remember in the midst of your anxieties? Look at the end of verse 5. What does it say? The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. My version says, the Lord is near. Now, when your mind is racing from anxiety, when your mind is out of control because of anxiety, what's the one thing you're not thinking about? The Lord is not near in those moments. And not because He's gone anywhere. Your first step in dealing with your anxiety is you have to remember that God is near. And with that nearness, verse 6 says, don't be anxious for nothing. But, I always love that, right? Because if you think about it, think about all the other sins that are talked about in Scripture. You can go through Romans, and you can go through First Corinthians, and they talk about the different sins that we deal with, right? And a lot of people will want to point to anxiety itself as a sin. I wouldn't say that. Say so your reaction to your anxiety could be sinful. 
But think about all the things that we say are sin. Usually God says, if you do this, this, this is the judgment, right? Uh, the end of the uh, first chapter of Romans, um, he talks about these sins and they're worthy of death. In Scripture, he's clear, right? If these are sins, these are the consequences, right? But look what he does here with anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, every difficulty in your life, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So not only is God near, verse 5, God is listening. I, I had a conversation with a young guy a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about a relationship that he's got with one of his parents um, and how angry and frustrated and annoyed he was at his father. And my question to him was, have you prayed about this? He said, yeah, I prayed for this and this and this. And, and they were all good things that he prayed for. He prayed for his father. He prayed for his father's salvation. He prayed that this situation would get better. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Psalm 42 and 43, David is screaming about the difficulties in his life. And he's telling God these things. Have you told God these things? Because he's listening. Or do you think that that's God? He doesn't need to hear about this. Well, remember back in Psalm 94, he knows the thoughts of men. He knows what you're thinking. He wants to hear you say it. He wants you to know that you trust him enough with this that you're willing to bring it to him. The sorrow, the pain, the struggle, the frustration, the anger, the hatred. He wants you to bring it all to him. So God is near. God is also listening. Go read through the Psalms and and focus on this the next time you're reading in the Psalms. Listen to how many of the Psalms are pleading to God about the difficulties in the psalmist's life. If the psalmists do it, and God tells us in Philippians 4 that we need to do it, why aren't we doing it? This is the other piece of that. There's no guarantee, there's no promise here that he's going to take it away. There's no promise here that he's going to take it away. But read verse 7. And the peace of God, not the peace in your life, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. So God is near, and he's listening to you. And he will guard your heart. And for somebody who deals with anxiety on a regular basis, the one thing you need more than anything is a guarded heart. And you know what? You can't do it. But there is one who can. So 
What's the opposite of sinful anxiety? Okay, and I was talking about this earlier this morning with somebody. It's going into the understandings of anxiety. So there's there's good anxiety. We've already mentioned that, right? Then there's sinful anxiety. Okay, that's um, overreacting to something that is really not that big of a deal. At least in God's eyes, it's not that big of a deal. Um, or not reacting, or reacting to something that doesn't isn't really a problem. But there's another sinful anxiety piece here. Um, the things that you have a right to be anxious about, death of a child, financial situation that wasn't caught, was caused by your employer, not because of your mishandling of your funds. Your response to that. There's a godly response to that anxiety, that good anxiety, but there's also a sinful response to that good anxiety. So we can't, I was talking today to, 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 to Kristen at the beginning here. Um, I've had a lot of anxiety this week, and I've had a couple of conversations with some others this week. I've had a lot of anxiety this week, um, anxiety regarding uh, people of grace. And it's good anxiety. I think it's good anxiety. I talked to Pam through it the last couple of days. I think it's good anxiety. My response wasn't good. It makes me, I'm a fixer. You guys know that. I want to fix the problem. And sometimes I want to go and fix the problem. Well, it's good to want people to be living appropriately, to be living right, to not be sinning against their families. It's bad to want to pound them in submission. So it's okay to respond to sinful, uh, sorry, non-sinful anxiety, but it's not to, good to respond sinfully to, to that. Do you understand the difference? Okay. So practicals. How do, we, how do we do this? Okay. Make your request known to God. We've already talked about that, right? We've already talked about that. And, and if you jump to verse 9, excuse me, 8 and 9, here's your next practical. We've, we, we, we're, remember, God's near. Make your request known to God. That's, that's verse 6, right? Know that he's going to offer peace to guard your heart. But then what do you do in those moments? Okay? Park your mind on what's true. Verse 8. Finally, brothers, you notice this comes right after the discussion about not being anxious, right? Why? Because we let our minds focus on the anxiety, and the anxiety overtakes all of our thinking. We're not near to God because we're not thinking about God. So what do we do? Verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is dignified, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, consider these things. Some versions say, think on these things. So, make your request known to God. Know that He loves you enough and He wants to give you peace in this moment and then change your thinking. This is hard. As the, Everything that we've talked about up to this point, it's always the same. It's not hard it's not complex. It's very simple. But it's hard. It's hard if you have allowed yourself, in my case, 51 years of 
allowing my thoughts to create anxiety in my heart to now change that. So consider these things. These are the things that you think about. Remember, Christ said in Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Just deal with today. Okay, and that's one of the things he does in here. Is he says, make a little circle. And then make a big circle. The big circle of things that God's in charge of. And the little circle of things that I can do something about. And then... Next to that, make a list of everything that you're worried about, everything you're thinking about, everything that's consuming your mind. First thing you're going to find out, it's not a very big list. It's not. It's not an infinite list. Five, ten, maybe fifteen things. Now, take that list. Can I do something about this? No, that's out of my control. It's somebody else's. That's not me. That's not me. Move it over to the big one. Yep, that one's mine. I can do something about that. And move all those things into either the big circle or the small circle. Now, big circle, let your requests be made known to God. Give those things to him because you can't do nothing about them anyway. Then do something about the ones in the little circle. Do something. Okay, now you're saying, well, you seem to focus on scripture a lot. So where's this at? Look at verse 9. And the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, what are the next three words? Practice these things. Practice. 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 What's that mean? What's practice mean, those of you who have played baseball or football or soccer? Do it over and over and over and over and over over again. So those of you that struggle with anxiety, um, this is easy, right? Because anxious thoughts are always there. So you get lots of opportunity to practice. Right? But what's the last part say in verse 9? And the God of peace will be with you. So he's laid out a plan for you. It's right here in Philippians 4. If you're somebody who struggles with anxiety, he's laid it out. Do these things and now practice them. Do it over and over and over and over again. The Lord is near. Tell him about the things that are going on. Okay? Work through Philippians 4. Now, one last thing before I finish up. So, anxiety attacks. Because there's a lot of folks, there's people at Grace that have anxiety attacks. I know this. My family members, some of my family members have anxiety attacks. But... The problem with anxiety attacks is this. And he goes through this at the end of the book here. Problem with anxiety attacks is this. You're focused on the feelings, not the problem. You're focused on the feelings, not the problem. Do we deal with anxiety attacks any differently than we deal with people that don't have anxiety attacks but are still struggling with anxiety? Do we? Do we deal with it differently? Do we deal with anxiety attacks any differently? Scripturally, do we deal with it differently? There's an easy answer here, folks. Two letters. You don't deal with it any differently. You don't deal with it any differently. You have to remember Philippians 4, 5. The Lord is near. The creator of everything is near. And then you know what? Go out and take a walk. Get into his creation. 
and start working through the fact that he is near. Work through the fact that he is near. Okay, remember what I said about this stuff? It's not complex. But it's hard. Work through the the fact that he's near. Then remember to go to him and give him this thing. But the other side of this too is, remember we said about anxiety being that warning sign, right? Well, until you figure out what the problem is, the problem never goes away. So if you're having anxiety over something, you need to figure out what's causing it. Is it your relationship with your spouse? Is it your relationship with your children? Is it your relationship with your father, your mother, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin? Is it your job? Is it your sin? You have to figure out what's causing the anxiety before you can deal with it. Well, then what? Then you deal with it according to the way Scripture tells you to deal with those things. If it's a conflict between people, you go to Matthew 18 and Matthew chapter 6. If it's a sin issue, six-letter word, repent. Now, does that mean the anxiety immediately goes away? It does not. But when you train your mind, you practice these things, verse 9, you will find that over time, your mind no longer controls you. Over time, your mind no longer controls you. Doesn't mean the anxiety will go away forever. Doesn't mean that you will never struggle with anxiety because, like with any other, other any other issue, it's always the same. We get into busy life and we forget these things, right? That's why he tells us to practice these things, consider these things. We have to keep driving our mind back to these things because we will forget and we will go back to the way things we've always done them. So we have to keep reminding ourselves. We have to keep practicing these things and remember. Unless you're a believer, that's been the foundation point from the beginning, and I haven't mentioned it at all today. If you're not a believer, none of this is going to make sense, and it's not going to work anyway. Because all of this is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, He's not going to be able to work in you. So it's very important that that's the starting piece. I didn't go there because it's kind of been said every week up to this point. But for some of us, it's just... How do I work through Philippians 4? And how do I make that show up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Philippians. We thank you for a way that we can wrap our mind around in a very simple and and easy way to work through how to deal with our anxiety on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Father, for those of us that are struggling with anxiety but not knowing Um, what's making us anxious. Father, I pray for these people that they would seek you, that you would open their eyes to the things that are causing their anxiety. Father, if it's sin, I pray that you will urge them to repent. Father, if it's a conflict with family members, Father, I pray that, that you would work in that, that you would guide them into the correct way to handle that so that the anxiety can be lessened. Father, more than anything, help us to trust your word. To know that you love us, you care for us, you've given us this because you know it's going to work. It is sufficient for everything in our lives. Father, help us to believe that and help us to live that. 
In Jesus' name, amen.